this is the Art Dirt Podcast from Glass Tire. It is the week of Sunday, July 23rd, 2017. I'm Rainy Knudsen. I'm Christina Reese. This is a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss topical art topics. <laughs> Before we get into strictly visual art, we, we define that term loosely anyway. We can. Uh, Scaramucci, Anthony Scaramucci, the new... <laughs> Uh, I, he's got communicate. He's the he's the new communications something. director. Yeah, for the his, White House. Uh-huh. His his Twitter uh, profile it just says simply American entrepreneur. Well, he's a he's a kind of a Wall Street smooth dude. He tweeted. This guy tweeted back on June fifteenth, but of course now people are finding it. He attributed he attributed a a quote to Mark Twain. That's just one of these inspirational quotes that you see like on a grandmother's embroidered pillow in her you know bathroom (laughs) well it's the dance like no one's watching dance like no one is watching sing like no one is listening love like you've never been hurt and live like it's heaven on earth mark twain mark twain all right yeah he would would say that (laughs) yeah that sounds exactly like the author of huckleberry finn yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually went through this. I went through the responses to this. This, people just started uh, responding with incorrect quotes. So one that I liked was getting jiggy with it from Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you change your mind, I'm the first in line. Honey, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. Confucius. Yes. And then reversing that uh, idea, do not go gentle in that into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Keisha. Keisha? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, with the money signs. Also, I liked uh, We're Gonna Need a Bigger Boat, which was misattributed twice, once to Moby Dick, but Atticus Finch from Moby Dick. Oh, oh very nice. Very, very yeah, nice. nice. Uh, there was, you know, does, here's, here's another twist. You know, it doesn't really matter what the media writes about you as long as you've got a young and beautiful piece of ass beside you. Jesus. <laughs> And someone said, from the book of Grab, and then someone else said, wasn't it Grabiticus? (laughs) Of course, that quote, for those of you who don't know, was from the president originally, himself. My favorite, say hello to my little friend from Gandhi. Oh, Gandhi. (laughs) He was a, he was, he had some gems. Can't you just imagine that guy with his face planted in a small mountain of cocaine on his desk? What I liked about this is what you said to me this morning when we were talking about it is it sort of restored your faith and... Americans. Well, yeah. We are fun. We are funny. Well, th- we're funny. They're we're literate and and we're clever and and God, I just it really made me feel good about the country reading these things because it was they were all really funny and they all uh, just made fun of this guy who I found the New York Times article that described him thusly: Anthony Scaramucci, the Long Island-born financier, fundraiser, and Trump acolyte known as, quote, the mooch, unquote, to fellow Trumpians, New New York tabloid headline writers, as well as his long-ago Little League teammates. Okay, Scaramucci, whose sculpted jaw, hair, and form-fitting suit give the impression of an infomercial host, had been trouble landing a top White House job. Trouble no longer, I guess. Mark Leibovich wrote that for the New York Times Magazine, and Mark, nice job. It's funny how many people in... uh in Trump's uh, administration and White House and, and have access to him look like American psycho. There's like now how many of them? 
Yeah. There's uh, his own son. There's yeah. uh, Kush- Kushner, yeah. his son-in-law. There's yes. this guy. Yes. They're like cartoon characters. They're like Gordon Gecko meets Christian Bale in American Psycho. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, Anthony Scarlett, hey, isn't that going to be fun? You know, if you were worried about Sean Spicer retiring and suddenly life becoming boring, worry no more. Well, now they've got, uh, what's her name, the deputy uh, the, the deputy press secretary. Huckabee. The she, um, she actually seems to believe the bullshit that comes out of her mouth, which is a little bit different from Spicer. She's a little feisty steel magnolia is what she is. Oh, God. Okay. That's <laughs> a nice thing to say about somebody like that. She's from the South. She's condescending, and she's, she's not going to take any shit off of anybody. And clearly she's not particularly bright and doesn't use very good judgment, but that's a whole other... She's drunk the Kool-Aid. Subject. She's drunk the Kool-Aid, sure. She's totally, totally, totally. Anyway, uh, yeah, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. But I think she'll be the one doing the press things, but apparently hairdo Scaramucci will also get in front of the podium. I loved it. One of his aides, uh, one of Sean Spicer's aides, told someone at the New York Times, according to this article, that he was tied up in the oval. (laughs) Doesn't that sound like vaguely sexual? Hey, on that note. (laughs) Hey, how about those sex robots? How about the sex robots that are coming out? So there's just been this little kind of surge in news about uh, these various kind of technology companies that are working on They're ramping up the technology that goes into basically sex dolls, but now they're... Now they talk. Uh, now they talk and respond and blink their eyes and uh, who knows what else they do. But, uh, <laughs> you know, The Guardian did this kind of mini documentary that you can find on their website about it. And then and then there was a little bit of hand-wringing. There were a few op-eds that came out after that about specifically about sex robots that will be coming out or that are coming out that are pre- that you can program these things for different kinds of responses and dispositions but one of them is the non-consensual the 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 female straight sex robot who does not give consent so that the man who owns her the presumably straight man who owns her can basically rape her and a lot of hand wringing about how this is just perpetuating the kind of you know the this misogynistic culture that we live in et cetera et cetera um, that's a little bit of an aside, but, uh, my, but my thesis, my philosophy is that, you know, sex and sexuality is so, <laughs> it goes deep and it goes dark. And I think it, I think, I think it's kind of ridiculous to try to police people's sexuality through the tools that they use in order to get where they need to go, including a sex robot. I also think that these guys are barking up the wrong tree. The people who are developing this particular technology, it's kind of, they're kind of like the Blu-ray people. It's like, you know what? This is not where we're going. Where we're going is virtual reality. What's going to happen is everyone's going to have headsets. They're not going to have a physical sex doll mm-hmm. anyway. I love it. And there's a video on The Guardian. This woman from The Guardian did a piece about it. And she goes to San Diego to where they're developing. The, one, of the, one of the companies is developing these. And the you know young, bearded, tattooed hipster guy who's working there is so proud as he shows how far the legs spread apart. And then he slaps the ass of one of these dolls hanging exactly like you know sides of beef in a meat locker that Rocky would, yeah. would hit with his gloves. Yeah. And, uh, and he slaps the ass and he's like, it's just like a real ass. Why does this not bother me more? I, I, I wish it did. <laughs> it, all I'm, it doesn't all bother I'm me at all. Is this is a tool. These things are tools. It's also insulting that there's this idea that it's just a bunch of mean, horrible men buying sex dolls in order to abuse them. I think, 
I'm sure that there are gay guys and lesbians and straight women who would want the right kind of sex doll for whatever it is that they're jonesing for. That's fine. And, you know, I mean, sex is sex, and a lot of people want it for a lot of different reasons. I do think virtual reality is going to absolutely make these things not even part of the market. It is its own post-apocalyptic psychic nightmare, but the sex doll people, they're just barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't care about the sex robots. I think that, I, I think the people who are excited about a robot that talks, having watched a video of one of these robots, man, if that's getting you off, that is just, that is sad. Yeah, it is actually. That is, that is, you're, you're really incapable of dealing with other people at that point. That's what I'm saying though. I think I do. And I do think that technology is making a lot of people a lot more lonely and a lot more isolated. It could be that there is a growing market for this kind of thing because of that, but you're right. It's not human. I mean, it's not a human. So whatever allows you to kind of jump over that uncanny valley and go there and fuck that thing is something else. And I think it's a really small, small potential customer base. I think it is a small potential customer base. I think it's gotten a lot of press because everyone's like, because it's salacious and everyone's like, ooh. And it's interesting and it's weird. The, The Guardian, again, this Guardian reporter who goes and talks to them, she asks the owner of the company, like, isn't this insulting to women? Isn't this? And he's like, it's like, isn't it gross that you've programmed her to respond in this way? And he's like, it, this isn't a her. This isn't a person. This is a machine. And you sh- you're anthropomorphizing something that's not a person with feelings. It's, it's a robot that, that has been programmed to respond okay, a certain true. way. Okay, that's true. But this is a but the whole other tangent of this, and this is a whole other ball game because this is about ethics. Is that as machines become more artificially intelligent, and as they actually gain, as they actually gain intelligence, there is a possibility for a sex robot that has essentially has feelings. It's not we're not there yet. I don't know when it's going to happen. You know, there are a thousand theories about when it's going to happen, how quickly it's going to happen, and then we are talking about something pretty egregious. So but here's, we're not so, there yet. Yeah, so here's here's the thing. And here's where we actually get into art because there was another article that came out about uh, robots making art and a person couldn't tell that it was a robot that painted a painting and not a human that painted a painting. Or they even picked the robot's paintings over the human painting saying this was what was done by a human mm-hmm. and this one was what was done by a machine, right? Right, and, and people are, you know, upset about this. If you think about any of these, te- any technology, including sex robots, including robots that make a painting, including anything that we use day to day, it is an extension of our bodies into the world. This is just basic Marshall McLuhan. You know, we can't lift heavy mm-hmm. objects, but so we make a crane. We can't do complex, comp- you know, calculations in our heads, so we develop a computer. We, yeah. can't, we can't shout over long distances, so on and so forth. So all of these things are just extensions of the human. And so when you get into AI, I think that what's going to happen is that AI and biotechnology essentially will become the same thing. And it's going to not be different. It's going to be a new type of human, essentially, that is a human with a lot more technology in it. Oh, no, no, no. I know. I think that consciousness is just the brain firing in very, very specific ways. So I think when AI really does develop within a machine, that it will have... It's not just an extension of human consciousness. It is its own consciousness. Yeah, I disagree. I don't think AI is going to be something separate from humans. I think it will be integrated. We're not that special. 
no, we're no, not no. That I, I don't think it's going to be separate from humans. I think we're going to integrate the technology. We're already doing it. We, we, these phones we carry around, those are we're not going to have these objects that we carry around. No, of there'll course be a not. Camera, there'll be a camera in our eyes and a chip in our brain and all that. The AI is not going to be something separate from humans. Oh, it will. Oh, I think, I think the humans and the machines will evolve together into a new type of life form. I think that I think that there were there will, there will be scientists out there who want to develop a machine that exists with complete agency outside of human consciousness in order to exploit it in order to see how far it can go in order to see whether or not it wants to even push the boundaries of what we understand our existence is I think that I think that there will be people who want to exploit and hurt machines for fun because they think of them as objects and yet these will be things that can actually think and feel. I believe that. Okay. I believe in the Roman Colosseum, and I believe that we're going to go there. And I'm sorry to see it happen. All right, all right. I think that this is going to become a very muddy area because I think that we are going to incorporate machines into ourselves much faster than we, we will create a separate machine that actually has consciousness that we have created totally artificially. Because okay. think about, think about, about think about what consciousness, I mean, we can program it, we can get ever more complex algorithms saying like, if this happens, then this is what you quote unquote feel or how you respond. But you're not, it's not a feeling. It's like, this is the way that a human would respond. But the reason that we'll, we'll figure out ways to incorporate machines into our own body and technology into our own bodies is because we desperately need it. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the race. That's the medical technology race. How do we... We don't desperately we need do, it. We do, too. We're doing fine no, as we're a not. species without Rainy, all that. by the time you and I are 75 years old, we're not going to be able to hear because we've been blowing our ears out with music since we were you know, eight years old. <laughs> that's why we're not doing okay as a species. Okay, forgive me. I look around. What I see is a human bloom. No, that's bloom. why we're going to incorporate. There's a bloom of humans. We're that's doing why fine we're going to incorporate technology into our medicine much more quickly than we'll bother with building a machine that's completely with agency. This is because we need the it. The only reason we will. The only reason we will incorporate technology into our bodies and are doing so is not because we need it we're doing fine as a species we are a very successful species it's because we don't want to die right right that's the only that's reason right. we do yeah. it i agree with that too uh this is the point in the podcast where we like to thank our sponsor crush pad productions in houston eric jarvis thank you so much and thanks to matt johnson for the use of his song, Fly Away, we love this song. I looked him up on Facebook. He's famous. I know. He's a big deal. He friended me. Oh. Well, I, I he, clarification. He accepted my friend request. I oh, say. well, I'm going to give that a shot. Um. So I was on Facebook last week, I guess, and a friend of mine named Sean Slattery, he's an artist in uh, Las Vegas, he linked to an article in Art News about an artist named Brad... Tromel, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Mm -hmm. His stuff was a body of work that was pretty fresh, pretty new, was very, very directly ripped off by a fashion designer. Yes. And this was a news item. And she, Vika Gazinskaya, uh, had not attributed anything to him, even though she'd given a full interview to Vogue magazine about her new collection. The stuff is very blatantly a ripoff, by the way. When he called her out on it on Twitter or Instagram or wherever, she, she actually, in personal comments on that feed, was kind of 
she was pretty gracious about it, but she still had never talked to him about it and never asked him about it. Um, Sean Slattery's point was, you know, this is just the kind of thing that happens in sort of the exchange of communication and ideas. Artists have a right to be mad. However, he probably shouldn't file a lawsuit in this case because this is just how the exchange of ideas happens in the world. And then there was a very lively conversation about it, you know, over the next week or so, including Brad Tucker and me and Angela Callis and some other people about whether or not, what is fair use and what is somebody ripping off an artist and what is... What is an artist right in saying you can't do this? What is the difference between a corporation and an individual ripping off an artist's ideas? Mm. Um, you know, like Urban Outfitters versus this kind of independent designer. Uh, designer. And she and and just to clarify, she wasn't gracious right off the bat. Initially, she was kind of a bitch about it, and she said. Uh, actually, it is too obvious to hide it, so it is an inspiration, and I can use art in my clothes as much as I want. And then, uh, and then, you know, everyone's sort of piling up on her. She said something, uh, I thought artists are more kind and spiritual. You prefers to stay angry. So she handled it badly, other than just totally ripping this guy off. She handled, the whole thing was handled badly. The dress, by the way, is nothing special. No, it's not anything to write home about. Now, I, and so one of my points was like, there's there's some things that have made it into kind of the pub public visual vernacular, like Warhol stuff and Lichtenstein stuff. Whether or not it's part of the public domain, it doesn't necessarily matter. Designers use this stuff. Um, but, you know, is there was there not a way for her to engage this guy prior to actually incorporating his ideas into her designs? Was there a way not to let him share in the profits? Was there a so here's what's weird about this particular case is it's not like a massive corporation going after you know or using or ripping off a much smaller artist's work. It's not Jeff Koons, say a big artist you know, ripping off uh, a lesser artist's work. So we're not necessarily talking about punching up or down. We're talking about this weird kind of horizontal <laughs> situation. The idea, though, is that this artist spent a lot of time developing these ideas. He could have spent years developing these ideas. And then she just takes it. Yeah, I think... That's what happens to artists. That's what happens to artists in, their, in the commercial exploitation of them is they spend their lives eating and drinking and sleeping and shitting these ideas for years, and then somebody just comes in and rips it off. Yeah, just to play devil's advocate, because I think that what this woman did was totally gross. Um, you know, artists get their inspiration from lots of places. Artists pick up ideas from lots of places. We are all in this universe together. We all have the same source material that we're working from. So I don't believe that anyone is original, and I don't believe that anyone is able to come up with something that's never been done before or never been thought before. I just don't, I don't think it's possible. And so when an artist discovers, oh, man, that artist had that same idea 50 years ago. It's like, well, they did, and it's okay. Don't worry about it, because you thought of it on your own. In this case, she didn't think of it on her own. She, like, clearly straight straight up copied the guy. Um, but it happens, and, and I, what was interesting about the thread where you're talking about on Facebook, where you all were all commenting on Sean's original post, is that it sort of seemed like the consensus view is like, well... There's no, you have no legal recourse, so at least people should apologize and be nice about it. You, you know, you should call them out, shame them publicly, and then move on. Or, or remuneration, like he should be, he, she should have approached him in the, in the beginning and said, I'm going to use your designs, or use, excuse me, I'm going to use your art as my design. 
would you like to share in the yeah. profit? Would, would you be willing to... to collaborate with me would be a nice way to say it. And, right. and I'm so inspired exactly. by your work. Of course, that would have been the right thing to do. But when somebody doesn't do that, uh, whether it's an individual or a corporate entity, I don't think, to me, isn't materially uh, important. But what is materially important is that it's just really expensive and difficult to mount a legal campaign against one of these uh, um, intrusions. And as a, the classic example I always think of is Christian Markley's hello video. So that it's just like a series of clips from old movies where someone picks up the phone and says hello. And it's just over and over. Hello, hello, hello. Apple computer uh, reached out to him or Apple reached out to him to use it. I think when the iPhone came out, they wanted to do it. And he mm -hmm. said, no, I don't mm -hmm. want to, you can't use my video for your commercial for your phone. And so they turned around and just ripped off the video, made a new video of a series of people saying hello, just like his video, and used it as a commercial. And, of course, didn't credit him or give him mm. any money. And that, which mm. is just absolutely grotesque. But Christian apparently elected not to, you know, try and sue Apple or try and fool them. You know, he's just like, I just didn't even want to take on this fight. I just didn't even want to do it. And he didn't sue. And the only examples I know of people suing are like the Richard Prince things recently. And Coons has yeah. been sued for idea of stealing. I think one of the reasons I think one of the reasons that artists don't sue is is truly because of the expense and the time and the energy suck that it that it takes. It's not because they're not incredibly pissed off because they are. Of course yeah. they are. You know, the idea that this woman says, but you prefer, you prefer to stay angry. I thought artists are more kind and spiritual. That to me was one of the funniest lines in the entire thing. Cause it's like, actually artists are some of the biggest assholes I've ever met in my life. And God bless them yeah. for it. You know? Oh <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't even know where, where to begin with that. Uh -oh. She doesn't, she doesn't hang out with any of the artists that I hang out with. Let's put it that way. What's coming off of her is a Namby Pamby uh, definition of kindness and spirituality. I think there's kindness and spirituality that comes with a lot of rigor and a lot of assholey behavior, but it's still warm and wonderful. People rip off artists all the time. And then artists, uh, you yes, know, artists do. do appropriation all the time. But one, but one artist appropriating another artist's work, and that is the point of the work, is just a completely different ballgame. It is a completely different ballgame from a fashion designer or a technology company just lifting an idea and using it as their own, especially Absolutely. as a commercial. God, uh, close to home. My husband did the suits project with his partner, Jack Massing in the nineties. Mm -hmm. And it was a very well-known project mm -hmm. and they did a creative time yep. thing with it. And they have Abrams published a book about this project where they sold advertising on suits. Fast forward about 10 years. And the guy who was in supersize me, uh, Morgan, Morgan Spurlock. Spurlock did a project where he took a business suit and sold advertising on it and um, claimed he didn't know anything about the former project. You know, it's funny because that was a well-known project, and there's no way he could have even gotten, I would say, a, you know, a quarter of the way through his planning without somebody pointing out that the art guys had already done yeah. this. And, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? Sue Morgan Spurlock over this? It's just like, so yeah. it's just, it's, it's very disappointing when this happens and for him you know and someone will make the claim i didn't know which of course sounds like trump not knowing that his son-in-law his son and his campaign manager are having a meeting with a bunch of russians not to get back into politics it's like being pulled over by a cop and saying actually i didn't know the speed limit it's like yeah like the beauty that we have the upside of the horror show of internet public shaming 
is that these things get picked up pretty quickly. And they I do, and like yeah. I would hesitate to ever buy anything from Zara Forever 21 because they've both ripped off artists and not paid them for direct lift rip-offs of their work. Yeah, and Urban Outfitters Urban as Outfitters. well. I mean, you know, yeah, come up with your own shit. That's what you're getting paid for. <laughs> That's what an advertising firm is getting paid for is come up with your own yeah. shit. Don't rip off an artist who can barely pay rent in some cases. Yeah, Apple, ugh. That was a terrible episode with Christian Merkley. I was I was sorry Bad he didn't apple. sue them because I think he he probably would have won. Yeah, he probably would have. There's something there's some grace in that, but it's also it's still well. Gross. He just you know it's, it's, it's one of those situations, and I I would imagine if I were Christian Merkley feeling like I have to let this go or it's gonna eat me alive, and that's probably how he felt. And you know, it's not as though he wasn't already deep into another project that was eating him alive anyway. So right. how much energy does he have? Anyway, so uh, hey, fashion designers, if you want to uh, steal an artist's work, reach out to them, find their website or their Facebook page, and say, "Hey, I'm really inspired by your work. Would you be willing to collaborate with me and share in the profits?" Or just just steal a dead artist's work. Or, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's another thing. You can. I, I. I don't even think they have to be dead. Do they have to be dead? I don't know what public domain is for something like that. I have no idea. But I. Th I assume that if you want to put a Picasso print on your trousers, that no one's gonna. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing she lifted was like a grid of colored squares with some text in it. She could have found something. She... No, it was very, very distinctive stuff. When you look at the side by side of his painting and her dress, clearly it is exactly the painting. But I'm saying, if she wanted a grid of colored squares. She didn't have to look very far back in history of dead artists to find some grids of colored squares. I know, but that's the rub, is that she didn't even come up with this idea until she saw his show. She just didn't own mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? Or she saw images from his show. She saw images of that show, and then she was like, this is what I'm going to use. And then she made, she made a dress that looks like you're wearing a bathroom rug. All right, the aesthetics of the clothes aside, it just was like, he was not only still alive and well, but this work hasn't even stopped breathing yet. I mean, it, this was just like a few months before her <laughs> clothes came out. So it's kind of like, come on, man. Let's just be a little more respectful. Can we not have a dialogue? I'm, inter I'm interested if listeners, anyone who is still listening at this point, think that artists should sue. Mm. Do you think artists should sue? That was the, that was the conversation in Sean Slattery's post, is should artists... Sue? Do they have a right to sue? Do they have an obligation to sue? Are they going to shut down a basic kind of exchange of ideas if they start suing? Because almost everyone gets their ideas from artists, frankly. Let's just, like, put mm. it out there. Um, everyone gets their ideas from artists, including artists. Yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly right. That's a good, that's a good line. So we're in the dog days of summer. It's getting gnarly. We're going to do a roundup of residencies in Texas. Stay tuned for our residency roundup. Everyone, thanks for listening. Have a great week and uh, take care out there. Yeah, go see some art. Go see some art.